Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey y'all, this is your girl T, the host of Purposely Bossing Up. On today's episode, we have Jessica Wright. Jessica Wright, visionary and owner of Simple Tweets LLC, is a self-taught sugar artist, businesswoman, mom, and creative at heart, located in the D.C. area. After the birth of her two beautiful children and searching for a way to gain additional income when a nine-to-five did not seem to get the job done, she birthed Simple Tweets. Simple Tweets LLC is a combination of her passion for art and the fascination with desserts. Every intricate detail of Jessica's desserts is balanced with a hit of simplicity, creating an unforgettable dessert experience guaranteed to be pleasing not only to the eye, but to the palate as well. Coincidentally, that was the goal, and she gave her customers an anticipation for their next simple sweet encounter. So I introduce to you all Jessica Wright. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. How are you? I am great. I'm great. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. So let's get into this interview. So, of course, this podcast is called Purposely Bolton Up. Mm-hmm. Jessica, what is your what is your definition of purpose? So from my perspective, purpose is something that's already destined for you, something that God has already created in your blueprint, and it's up to you to take the right steps and use your experience to get to where you're supposed to be. So that find that that milestone that thing that you get involved in, that you love, that you're passionate about, and that your life flourishes because of, that is your purpose. Yes, yes, absolutely. That is definitely the purpose, okay? And it, it, it's, a, it's not, well, it's not unfortunate, but, you know, everyone finds out what their purpose is at a different time in their life. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, okay, you know, I woke up today and I know what my purpose is. No, your purpose is molded through trials and tribulations, um, different experiences, and, you know, the list can go on and on. Um, so it's definitely something that is birthed through, you know, life <laughs> overall. Agreed. Agreed. So if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Wow. Driven. That is so many words, but let me choose driven. I'll choose driven. Okay. Um, you want me to expound on that? Yes. Okay. So I would say driven because I'm always trying to find a way. Always trying to make find a way to make it work, to grow, to progress, to find that extra stream of income, to find that that woman who wants to come on my team and assist to find mm-hmm. women who are interested in the craft that I enjoy, my passion, and who I'm going to take along with me. And the reason I'm so driven, first and foremost, is because of my babies. Um, my daughter is 14. My son is 11. It's unfortunate that I, I personally feel like I'm in a position where I'm raising them alone, but mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. Because of that, I, like, I don't have a choice but to be driven. Yeah. They're, they're looking at me. They're depending on me. They're like, Mommy, what's next? So I got to go to the drawing board and I got to map out the next plan. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is absolutely true. And I'm glad you used that word, because I'm sure that word relates to your story and is a part of your testimony. So as we're getting into this driven word that you use to describe yourself, what inspired you to create Simple Sweets? Can you give our listeners just a quick background on how it all, you know, began? To be quite honest, as I said in my bio, I was looking for another stream of income. My kids are expensive. They like to do international travel, do certain programs at their school. Um, mm-hmm. I like a certain, I like not necessarily a certain lifestyle, but I like certain things. And I want to be able to provide a certain life for myself and my kids. And I'm doing it all on my own. So I said to myself, how can I bring financial support into my household without stressing myself out with the woes that come from a second job similar to my nine to five. Right. I love, I love food. I love <laughs> I love to plan. So I started off with event planning. Um, okay. And that wasn't necessarily, but during that time was the time where people were starting to get into the dessert table. So everybody wanted mm-hmm. dessert tables. So I had right. to practice to give them what they wanted. And I was like, wait a minute, I, I kind of like this. Let me step away from the event planning side and hone in on this passion. This, I'm, I'm liking this dessert thing. Um, right. So I just got into that. I cultivated it, and it has just flourished into something I didn't expect it to be. Thank God um, I'm still passionate about it because a lot of times people invest years into something, and they finally get to a point where they say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me try Right. But I'm not there. I love what I do. If I could quit my nine to five today and just focus 100% on desserts, I would absolutely do that. Awesome. Yes. She said, I like food. <laughs> I do. I'm not going to lie about it. Yes. I'm a big foodie too. I just be like, oh, let me get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But like you said, um, People do along the way sometimes lose, you know, lose passion for what they thought they were going to do long term. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why it's always so good to check into your purpose and um, realize what's meant for you is meant for you. Don't force yourself into something because one thing we can't get back in life is time. So if mm-hmm. you waste time doing things and stuff that you know you weren't supposed to be doing from the start, I don't want to hear you complain at that. And you're absolutely right. And I, I honestly feel like it's bigger than dessert. Like in my late 20s, I always envisioned myself in front of mm-hmm. a group of people speaking, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Motivational speaking. And I was like, where is this coming from? Am I supposed to be a preacher? Am I supposed to be like, what, what is this? But then I realized it's exactly what I'm doing now. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm creating desserts, but I have a platform. There's so many times where women message me or call me and say, you inspire me. I'm watching your grind. I'm watching your hustle and I need your help. I want to do this with my career and I don't, I just don't know how to push myself. So it has created a platform for me where I can motivate and encourage women. I started because of my passion for desserts. I started teaching classes. It's one-on-one classes. 
their groups, group session classes. The last group session I did was eight women. And eight women are so, women are so ambitious. Like they are looking for a way to make it happen, especially yeah. African-American women. So it created a platform for me where I can motivate and encourage these women. So when I look back at my late 20s and I said, why am I in front of these people speaking in my dreams? This is it. Yes. Yes. That is awesome. Yes. And I definitely was going to touch on that. Like, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes, you know, you step from behind the oven and you get, you know, on the stage and be an educator and, you know, teach others how to, you know, master some of these, you know, simple desserts that they can, you know, tweak into their own. You know, it's, it's just so much room for growth in mm-hmm. industries like that. Mm-hmm. And because so, we have to get into the business portion as well. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Yes. Yes, the business portion. We can touch on that. Yeah, the business portion because even with teaching them how to use fondant or how to melt chocolate, you got to get into business 101. You got to get into the financials portion of it. You got to get into building your brand, creating your mission and your vision. So it's so much more education that comes with it where people can take it and pour it into any other business that they want to create. Right, right, absolutely. That's the truth. That is definitely the truth. I want to touch on um, young Jessica. I'm sure you had a role model or a mentor growing up. Who who was that? Um, to be quite honest, I did not. Really? To be quite honest, I did not. It was my mom and my three sisters. Um, our family wasn't really close-knit on my mom's side and Mm -hmm. my dad's side was they were off the hook so I really didn't have anybody my mom was sick with cancer skin cancer so all Mm -hmm. what I really saw her saw going up is her struggling her going to the doctor her going for her radiation treatments and coming home and collapsing on the floor and me as a 10 11 year old having to call the ambulance um and I really didn't have that emotional support that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, at this point, I am still battling some things mm. that I'm working my way through. I really didn't yeah. have a mentor or a role model. I just kind of, I kind of winged it. As I got older, I was able to have conversations with my mom, and she's been okay. very supportive in my older years. Um, okay. But growing up, not necessarily. I went to Duke Ellington, and then was in the instrumental and vocal department. I graduated mm-hmm. with a bachelor's from Trinity University. But it was it was majority me going hard in the paint and figuring it out. Yeah. But that's it's just so good that you are able to say that. Because you know, someone could have been like, you know, as a kid, I had Oprah. You know, like, you know, they could <laughs> just winged it and then but I'm I'm glad you made that statement. Like, you know, like as a kid, I really didn't have you know, I see my mom struggle, you know, we weren't as close knit as we wanted to be and you know, right. et cetera, et cetera. But you know, it, it had a shift once you got older, but I'm just glad you were able to say that. One because that's the first time this been said on the podcast. But two, yeah, it's just I, I a, have no shame. Yeah, it's a sense of vulnerability. Like, you know, I'm I'm not afraid to say that. And, you know, um, maybe even from the point where, you you know, as a child, you had seen her suffer. But, you know, it was still a state of determination. You know, mm-hmm. I got to get the job done. I don't want this sickness in me, even if I had to suffer in my later years. I just want all this to be over. You know what I mean? It was still a sense of determination, which is why you use that word driven. You know, mm-hmm. that was embedded in you at a young age. 
you know, mm-hmm. so it worked out perfectly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I try to be as transparent as possible because when you tell your story, you don't know who's looking at you for a sense of encouragement. Mm-hmm. So if I come on air and I say, oh, yeah, I had three model, role models and two mentors and somebody mm-hmm. who, whomever is listening say, oh, well, never mind. I can't relate to her. You know, right, you right. Be transparent and be who you are and let your story be used to inspire, motivate, and encourage somebody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So what is your meaning of success? And what do you consider maybe your biggest success? And it can be personal or business related. Meaning of success. I don't, you know, there is the the, the definition that everyone sees in the dictionary, but I just feel like there are, there are layers. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've reached a point of success at this point because I I created something in my mind that I wanted and I executed it. So I've reached the first layer of success. Now the second layer of success is my classes. Third layer of success is expanding on my design. Fourth layer of success is starting to travel and teach. So I don't feel like there is there is a solid definition, but there are layers to it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. And I've heard different, you know, variations of what success means to somebody um, since I've been doing this podcast. And as soon as you started saying layers, I'm like, yeah, she definitely made that a cooking um, connection with the layers. <laughs> listen, she like, listen, I am a Pillsbury um, flaky listen. biscuit and uh-huh. this is. This is how, you know, we're going to take this layer off and if I reach that layer, it's another layer. So, yeah, you, it's it's different for everyone um, you know, people and can have, vary. People will uh, accomplish one thing and make some money, make a large amount of money, and they will say, okay, I'm successful. Okay, mm-hmm. why are you successful? Because I've done X. Okay, what about Y and Z? Mm-hmm. And count mm-hmm. on your success. Add more to it. What else do you have to offer? Right. I don't want to be one directional. I want to be able to show people that this is what you can do. You can start at this this point, and these are the different ways you can become successful from starting at this point. Yep, that's right. That's right. It's definitely more to one a one time or like you say a one hit wonder. Is mm-hmm. more after that. It's another level of achievement that you want to get to. You know, so people have to keep going. Shoot, some people think just waking up in the morning is successful, okay? I was blessed to wake mm-hmm. up and somebody didn't get up this morning. Or, you know, it was successful for me to pay it forward today and tomorrow it may be something different. So people have to also understand it can vary by the day and of course it's going to vary by the person. Mm-hmm. So what do you think was your biggest challenge to get where you are today and how did you overcome that? Um. My biggest challenge was probably really stepping outside of myself and realizing what I had to offer, realizing mm-hmm. how good my craft is, how good I am at what I do. There was a point in time where my prices didn't reflect my craft. Mm-hmm. I was charging, like, for, for example, you know, you can go to edible arrangement and purchase a dozen strawberries for like fifty dollars. Yeah. There was a time where I was dipping strawberries, infusing them with alcohol, and I was charging twenty five dollars. Wow. And everybody was like, blowing me up. Can I get an order? Can I get an order? Can I get two orders? Can I blah 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 blah? And I'm like, wow, I'm really business is really pumping. 
Mm-hmm. Business is really pumping. And I had to say, well, wait a minute. What? I'm buying all these supplies. I'm buying alcohol. I'm going mm-hmm. your words. People see that you have a good product, and that's why they're patronizing, and you're cheating yourself as well. So I think throughout developing my business is actually seeing my worth, owning it, and charging for where I am. I still mm. struggle with that. I still struggle with that sometimes now. I'm like, quote, when I create something, I'm like, okay, I want to charge this price. And I'm like, ah, but are people, instead of saying, is it worth it? I'm mm-hmm. saying, are people going to pay for it? So I'm getting to a point now where I'm saying, I would rather have three people who are willing to pay what I'm worth than five people who are willing to underpay me. Because when right. you really look at it, it balances out. I'm, I'm, I'm receiving, I'm making just as much money for these three people as I am with these five people who underpaid me. And those five people who underpay you, those are the people that you don't want to do business with in the first place because they yep. appreciate your craft. So it's yep. knowing what you're worth and embracing that and charging for where you are. That was my That's example. the truth. Mm. And I think that's um, a lot of our struggle, especially um, for those of us that are offering a product or a service. It's like, where do you start off at? Like, you know, like, of course, we all go ahead at beginner stage. Like, you know, people have to learn how to trust you and mm-hmm. um, trust that you are knowledgeable in the area that you are in. So, of course, you know, we start off with, you know, our low price services or products. But then it's like, well, business was booming and people are inquiring more about your product or services. Like, when do you take it up a notch? You know, you can't settle. Like I told um, someone the other day, I said, I have, um, you know, stopped providing certain services. And now people have to, you know, get them in packages versus, you know, a la carte. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, I had to take it up a notch because I'm not <clears> going to say, you know, five people hitting your oh, Tiana, can you do a logo for me? Or can you do a social media template for me? And blah, blah, blah. When I'm like, well, you might as well just go ahead and get this package and it's going to cost you this amount of dollars. And then you get more things for which you, you know, you're going to keep coming back to me. If I started with your logo more than likely, you're going to come to me to get your business card. You're going to come to me to get, you know, all the rest of the marketing material that you're going to need. So you might as well go ahead and get the package, pay that bread and go about the business. Mm-hmm. It's no need to tiptoe because you're going to you not get everything at one shot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One right. shot. To your point, my daughter wants to start a bracelet business and I'm pricing everything for her. And mm-hmm. we had a conversation and she said, well, I don't want to charge that for this. And I said, well, Alex and Ani charges X, Y, and Z. She said, mm-hmm. but that's Alex and Ani. I said, but you're real. Yeah. Don't worry about the name. Uh-huh. The product, the product is good. That's all that matters. The people who respect and appreciate your hustle, they will patronize. And as for everybody else, that is not your concern. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Oh, when she get everything up and going, I'm going to get me some stuff. You tell her I'm going to get me some I appreciate stuff. it. <laughs> So if you could go back and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Well, that's heavy. Yep. Dang, I wish I had like a list of questions so I could protect this one. <laughs> what would I tell my younger self? Uh, that it's going to be okay. Mm. That's good. 
That's a good one. That everything is going to be okay. That joke just got me a little emotional. Woo, child. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good one. <clears throat> I know I could have probably told myself that and a few other things. Yeah. And probably you are, you are enough. Um, yeah, it's going to be okay. And you are enough. Um, my mom didn't talk to us about a lot. I feel like to mm-hmm. a certain extent, we were we were just sheltered. We were just winging it day by just living life day by day. Um, she didn't have a lot of conversations with us. We didn't know what was going on from Sunday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, as a child, when you have somebody who is not pouring into you, mm-hmm. you really don't know how to deal with the world outside of your home. Right. So outside of my home, I just felt like, I wasn't enough, you know. I felt I was like the more reserved person. I was, I first of all, I had an attitude because of life itself, what was going on at home with my mom dancing. Right. But I was like more reserved. I wasn't getting into the things that everybody else was getting into. Of course, I had the people who were saying they were my friends and they really weren't. And I really just, I didn't understand what was happening. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we weren't having those conversations at home. Right. So into my older years, I was still holding on to those people from high school and junior high school that I thought were my friends. And when I got to a point where I started learning myself, I was like, oh, girl, these people ain't listen. Mm-hmm. You done held on to these relationships for 14 years. Wow. And they meant nothing. So I think it takes me takes me back to the conversation of having mentors and um, a person of inspiration. I feel right. like if I had that, I don't feel like I would have necessarily been having conversations with myself saying it's going to be okay. Right. All right, girl. We been holding on to that dead weight for so long, so long because we don't understand. And then as we get older. And we start to realize other things. You're like, whoa, well, let me put the brakes on this thing right here mm-hmm. and remove this. It's so important. I tell people all the time, it's so important to pay attention to your surroundings and the people that you let into your life. Because these certain people, places, and things sometimes need to be removed in order for you to move to the next step. People will claim they're your friend, and they'll literally be holding you back, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, I had no understanding. I was I was in my mid-20s with two kids, uh, an apartment, a decent job, and I was, like, living in our, uh, Jessica's world and, like, la-la land because I hadn't processed reality yet in right. my late 20s because, yeah, I, we weren't having those conversations at home. Wow. Yeah. That's okay because you got older and you knew yeah. that it was okay and that everything was going to be okay. And and you realized it was two colors and, 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 and you parted ways or, you know, you did whatever you had to do in order to make room for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. So I know you sometimes get a little busy baking, you know, in the kitchen. How do you practice self-love and self-care? I don't know that I really do. Wow. 
because I, I consider myself like I like to be girly, but stuff like that is like a chore for me. Like getting my hair done, my nails, my feet done, it needs to be done. But do I really want to get it done? No, because I don't like sitting in the salon and all that. Right. So for me, <laughs> it's honestly, it's just like relaxing. Uh-huh. Relaxing. Um, I can't even say watching my favorite shows because my shows end up watching me. <laughs> so to, more than anything, to just sit in quiet. Uh-huh. When I have those moments where I'm by myself and it's just quiet and I got a couple candles lit, that for me is my thing. I'm finally starting to get into the, oh, the body butters and the oils uh-huh. and that that stuff is cool, but to sit quiet. Yeah, and that's the best thing to do sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. just sit and enjoy the peace and enjoy the quietness and letting and your relax. body physically relax. Mm-hmm. That's important because rest is everything, even if you fall asleep. You know, it's so important. We out here, these business owners and everybody, we just out here being busybody. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we can't be Superwoman and Superman all day, every day. We have to eventually take the cape off and, you know, get ourselves in order because we can't produce great product or great service or be an amazing mom or a dad or, you know, whatever that you do if you don't get proper rest. If you are not at your best, absolutely. Yeah. So what is one resource that you probably use every single day in life that you cannot live without i mean can't live without it it can be an item it can be something digital it can be anything i would hate to say it but social media (laughs) (laughs) particularly instagram i am not a scroller to get the latest tea to watch people's videos or read i mean i like memes and stuff because we all need a little laugh but I use Instagram maturity for inspiration. Okay. Like, I am always, like, my ultimate goal is to go to Paris and take some of them classes, learn how to make yes. a macaroon or something. That's my ultimate goal. So I am, like, literally stalking those type of pages, looking at different um, dessert pages and my explore pages to get inspired to think of what my next best thing could be to think long term where I want to be in five years. I want to be able to, yes, local travel is good. Mm -hmm. Travel internationally and teach people. I follow an amazing tree maker, sugar artist in North Carolina, and she just went to Barbados to teach a class. Oh, wow. For myself. Yeah. So seeing those type of things on social media, they push me and they help me to keep be so driven and focusing on my craft. So I would have to say Instagram particularly. That's awesome. I got to look at least one or two cakes a day. (laughs) 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 And so can you tell our listeners about any maybe upcoming events or projects you have? Oh, man. This was a little bit earlier. I actually just did a couple pop-ups at the Spice Week. Okay. I have a couple pop-ups. Coming up at the Spice Week, I'm just waiting for the day confirmation. Okay. Right now, I don't, I don't have any, I have my traditional, my normal events, like people booking me to do an event. Um, right. Other than that, I'm doing some classes. 
in March. Uh, one-on-one classes are always open and available for booking, but I'm doing a group class in March. So look out for that. If you're interested on my social media platforms, I'll plug those in a second. Um, I'm also teaching at a conference called the Candy Apple Crew. It's a group of like 500 women who are starting in the industry and they want to learn additional crafts. So I'm teaching oh, okay. for that in July. I am teaching in Florida in July. Other than that, nothing major. Well, okay. Major. But other than that, yeah, it is. Um, nothing else except for if you want to book me for your next event, my schedule. I know that's right. <laughs> she like, listen, the calendar is open. Mm-hmm. And I am ready. Yes. So, you know, in order for us to keep up with what's going on with you, we have to be able to connect with you on social media. So can you let our listeners know how they can find you? Absolutely. So my Instagram is underscore simple underscore sweet. Facebook is Simple Sweets DC. And my website is www.simplesweetsdc.com. Um, if you have an upcoming event and you just want to get an idea of a theme, you can go on my website and take a look on my Instagram. You can also book consultations for your upcoming event and you can book a one-on-one class. Awesome. Yes. So before we leave, um, can you give our listeners one piece of advice in regards to bossing up, not just in business, but in life? Stay grounded. Stay grounded. Don't stop letting people knock you off your square. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because even if it has nothing to do with your business, your personal life will pour into your business. So Mm -hmm. stay grounded. Whatever you're focused on or whatever you, whatever idea you have or whatever you see yourself in life, hone in on that. Stop, stop listening to the noise around you. Stay focused. Yes. Whatever you've created, mentally created for yourself. Yes, absolutely. That was amazing, amazing. Jessica, I'm just so glad to have had you on the podcast today. I hope people were, you know, lighting down those gems that you were dropping, um, learning how to be transparent, uh, probably intentionally trying to book you for their next event, you know, Mm -hmm. and and how to reach out to you on social media. It was just a blessing having you on here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me. I want to come back. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And with with that being said, I hope everyone has an amazing day and continue to boss up with purpose. Mm. Mm. Ain't nothing to it. Real one. Ain't nothing to it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose. Ain't none to it. Boss. Ain't none to it. Real one. Ain't none.